0: I heartily endorse this event or product.
1: Ahoy, hoy everybody, and welcome to Talk to the Audience, where this is always death. I'm one of your hosts for this one, Bob Mackey, still waiting for Simpsons Hit and Run 2, who is here with me today...
0: Henry Gilbert and I would just like to announce I signed an overall deal with NBC Universal for $1.
1: Wow, that's it? (laughs) You should have held out for more.
0: Well, I get a free subscription to Peacock as well, so that just pays for itself. It was worth it then. (laughs) But yes,
1: welcome to many of you who are going to be new listeners to this podcast series of ours, because Mm -hmm. for the first time, it has burst out of the paywall It escaped. (laughs) It jumped over the wall, and now it's in the free feed, because the last week of every month in the Talking Simpsons slot will now be doing our community podcast, which is where we talk about news in the Simpsons world and in our world, and then we respond to your questions and comments from the last month's worth of episodes. Mm -hmm.
0: Both on Talking Simpsons and the sister show, What a Cartoon. So you get to hear us uh, pick our favorite comments and chat all about them. And yeah, this is, you know, our changed up schedule. Not only did we begin our revisiting of season one, but also we are, you know, sharing with you guys our community podcast once a month. Also just to ease up our schedules ever so slightly in these uh, very busy times. And it has helped a lot. I will Mm -hmm. say
1: Uh, this has been a much better month for both of us, I think.
0: (laughs) Even with a live show
1: and even with me having a Retronauts weekend, I still feel like uh, I have room to breathe.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. I think we, and it's made us more productive and get, you know, cooler. Man, we have some cool guests lined up and some cool stuff planned. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of it thanks to us, you know, freeing up our schedules just a little bit. But, uh, man, February and March, big stuff a-coming guest-wise.
1: I'm excited. Mm -hmm. (gasps) Mm-hmm. so let's get into the news we've got quite a few news items today starting with uh take off this podcast with a happy fun (laughs) story that will offend no one Uh, it's all about apu our favorite character on the show
0: yes yeah it's Apu watch we haven't had an apu update but i felt uh mostly our community podcasts uh the news section are talking about disney Disney streaming or or apu pretty much but uh Uh, But I guess I'm bringing this up because many people shared it with us on Twitter. Just like, hey, you guys see this. And I think both of our reactions were just like, well, he's just restating a thing that has been true for two years now, yeah. at least.
1: Not to sound too entitled, but I think some of these news places should reach out to us for comment because the second this headline went live, it angered me because <laughs> I remember when Mike Reese was doing his round of interviews for his book, really good book by the way. He was on Chapo Trap House. They asked about a poo, and on that podcast, he was like, "Oh, you know, we retired a poo like two years ago, and no one has even commented on it. Up who is not a thing for us anymore." Yeah. So. That was an official statement by someone who works one day a week on the show and has been on the show for thirty years. I trust Mike Reese's statement on that. That no one bothered to quote. Mm-hmm. That no one bothered to look up. And it was in my brain.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, there's been like five other quotes just on this ever since they've they've commented on it so many times, and these just spread around because it is easy clickbait. I, I hate using as a former, you know, <laughs> member of the press online. Uh, clickbait is a dangerous term that I feel like dismisses good content of just like this headline makes you want to read it. But in this case, every time someone asks for a new quote from his area or another Simpsons producer about like, Hey, what do you have to say about a poo? And they just repeat a previous statement It becomes a whole new round of news of like, did you hear? Apu's banned from The Simpsons. Censored Apu on The Simpsons. Yeah,
1: it's good. uh, You know, a good way to stoke the culture wars, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, I guess like technically, it is Hank Azaria saying. I will not play a poo anymore. But that's like me saying, I won't order pizza at McDonald's anymore. <laughs> There's no pizza at McDonald's. I can't order pizza there. Yeah. So he can't play a poo anymore because a poo is no longer existing in the world. I guess it brings up the idea should an East Asian actor play a poo? And my answer is that character has too much baggage. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody new can run the Quickie Mart. Yeah. Or maybe even that's an issue. Who knows? But I think just stay away from the Quickie Mart. Mm-hmm. We've had like 25 years of Quickie Mart jokes. We can move on. I mean, uh, we have so much Apu material. It's fine. Yeah.
0: This new specific source of the news was that Hank Azaria was doing a TCA panel. That's Television Critics Association, where basically a bunch of television networks bring around all their producers and actors to be interviewed by the television critics, who then asked them a slew of questions. Uh, the final season of his you know, live action show... Brockmire. Brockmire, yes. Not. I almost said Huff. I was like, no, no that was a while ago. That's yeah. like 15
1: years ago. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah, so he's promoting the final season of Brockmire. And of course, you know, somebody asked him an Apu question. And Azaria said, all we know there is that I won't be doing the voice anymore unless there's some way to transition it or something. That's the quote, which is just, again... Pretty known quote, I'd say. I it's just it's been repeated, but I guess it is a new quote. Yeah, I yeah. suppose. I'll give them that. Yeah, but so. Hell, and Now, you know, the right-wing culture warriors have a new quote to spur them to make another two million viewed video about how people censor comedy and how you can't be funny anymore. I'm blah, sure, blah, blah, uh, blah, you blah. know,
1: famous Simpsons watchers Ben Shapiro and Dave Rubin yeah. both had to weigh in on this. I didn't check because their Twitter feeds are poison for your brain. Yeah,
0: but, uh, but yes. Yeah, so let's uh, let's get that out of the way, the Apu chat. Uh, happier news about a voice on The Simpsons, though.
1: Yeah. So Kevin Smith is doing his I Didn't Die victory. (laughs) Throughout entertainment, which he should be doing, honestly, Mm -hmm. we love Kevin Smith. Not a big fan of his movies anymore, but I'm just happy he's still around. But he's gonna be playing himself on The Simpsons, and he was cast by Carolyn Omine.
0: Yes, yeah, Carolyn Omine, who, by the way, she is a a strong birdie supporter on Twitter. So thumbs up to you, Simpsons executive producer Carolyn Omine or co-executive—I forget her exact title—but she's moved up in the in the ranks. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Kevin Smith almost died uh, over uh, two almost two years ago, a year and a half ago now, from a heart attack. Lost a ton of weight. Uh, and is just kind of cashing every check he had of just like, well, you know, Ben Affleck, you should be in my movie again. I did almost die. Yeah, He didn't actually do that, but I'm (laughs) just saying. (laughs) I mean, I would. It created a ton of goodwill. uh, And, you know, in general, when you have a a scare like that, it does make people realize like, oh, they're not going to be around forever. We should just have this guy on. And honestly, just in general, Kevin Smith as a, you know, living character who talks about geek things like he should have been on simpsons by now it's strange honestly.
1: yeah it's strange that he wasn't on back in the kevin smith uh heyday like the mm. late 90s when he was you know uh Dogma, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back and comic books and just a bigger pop culture figure than he is now. But yeah. I'm glad he's finally making it. And I went to his Instagram post. It's the longest Instagram post <laughs> I've ever read. I mean, he used to be famous for like his tweets. I'd be like one of 86 and then you yes. just read them all and his really long blog posts and all of his message board stuff. But yeah, uh, go check out his Instagram post. It's very nice. A picture mm-hmm. of him in front of the recording mic. I mean, it's yes, the recording mic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, if I was recording for a voice on The Simpsons, I'd never shut up about it. Oh yeah, like, we didn't shut up about it sitting in on a rehearsal exactly. so yeah. we and, can't talk and you know we've had some upcoming guests even tell us to our face we should be voices on the simpsons so uh oh also i guess the kevin smith thing it reminds me too that uh i it it, it has been announced that his he, he was going to be the co-executive producer with david willis On a Howard the Duck cartoon show for Hulu, that has been canceled. It officially got canceled. Canceled Uh, before
1: the show aired.
0: Scripts were written, but it was coming to the point of like, okay, let's start animating these. And I think uh, there was a big turnover in what Marvel television is now. And I don't think uh, Kevin Feige wanted Adult Swim-style shows so to represent the brand.
1: Nothing was animated, is what you're saying. Seemingly
0: not. Okay. Seemingly not. What I, a
1: huge waste of everyone's time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, you still get paid for a script whether it airs or not. But this this happened, you know, like four or five years ago, this happened where Donald Glover was going to show run a Deadpool animated series for oh, FX, right. like an R-rated one. And then eventually Marvel put the kibosh on. They're like, yeah, you know, eventually Marvel gets cold feet and they just kill this kind of stuff. And so the only one that's still happening that has like an actual cast and is going to be animated. Is Modoc, which basically sounds like an Adult Swim-style uh, midlife crisis type show, but starring Modoc played by Pat oswald which is perfect cast. That does
1: sound fun. Yeah. He has a giant head with legs <laughs> and arms.
0: Uh, but yeah, hey, congrats to Kevin Smith. I look forward to hearing him on The Simpsons. I think you know. I've been thinking about this too. I think Kevin Smith has become the new Stan Lee. Like he's, if there's anybody who is the Stan Lee of like he's famous for being himself and appearing in things and being like well let's ask Kevin Smith what he thinks about new comic book thing or new nerdy thing or star wars thing that's what Kevin Smith is
1: and he has a new costume too he's no longer hockey jersey guy he is giant purple blazer guy yeah like, right. he lost i don't know 200 plus pounds but he kept the same blazer size so he's <laughs> like uh stop making sense Kevin Smith is walking uh, around uh,
0: i i love him in his cavernous blazers <laughs> yeah no and i mean he's got uh, he's he is uh, giving himself more hair Hair as well, I've noticed. So like, oh really? Uh, well, Kevin Smith always had this like big. He liv- was bald. When I saw him like twenty years ago at a con, I'm like, whoa, he has a really big bald patch. You never see when he wears a hat. But uh, hey, look, I'm not. Ju- I'm not judging. Buy yourself some more hair. Yeah, Kevin yeah. Smith. All right, anyway. That's a glow-up. <laughs> I call that a glow-up.
1: <laughs> so I guess uh, Disney put together a little clip reel of all these Simpsons episodes that had uh, Star Wars references in them, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, well, Marvel, Marvel. Well, no, they did three. They oh, did. geez. This is... Okay, I only saw yeah. the Star Wars one. Uh, Disney Plus was... Uh, Disney Plus this last month because they lost the, the Mandalorians over. They are advertising hard with like promoted tweets and, uh, and other social media ones. And one of their smartest ones was to make three different clip reels of every time Simpsons referenced Marvel. Disney or Star Wars, but those were three separate videos, and the Marvel one was the most interesting to me because they really ramped up their Marvel specifics in the last decade. Like there were several mm. in there. I'm like, oh, I've never seen that joke. Like they did a post credits joke on the on Simpsons that I totally <laughs> did not know about. I,
1: I'm sure they had Stanley cramming the Hulk into a convertible, like a toy convertible. Mm,
0: you know what? They didn't, they didn't show that, that clip because that I think it's because it involves Batman. They don't oh. want to reference that. They they did show Stan Lee, but not that, that one. That was
1: putting him into the Batmobile, wasn't it? Yes, okay, yeah. I which that so. was
0: pretty cool. I like yeah. that scene. I mean, and they had, uh, there were a lot of specifics in there. I mean, they also didn't have the like, I don't believe they had the clip of, someone put amazing Spider-Man, and spectac- Peter Parker, the spectacular Spider-Man, this will not stand.
1: Maybe that was too obscure for them.
0: <laughs> uh, and then same within the Disney one. They did. The only clip I saw in it from the Inchy and Scratchy Land episode was the 1205 parade gag. Definitely not Nazi Superman will be our superiors. I didn't expect that. Conspicuously (laughs) missing from
1: the Simpsons land at Universal Studios, which they basically play that episode in its entirety while you're in line.
0: Yeah, yeah, which
1: is. With all the clips added up.
0: Well, Universal can be a little nastier because they know they're playing clips about Disney World and Universal. Uh, Yeah, and in the Star Wars one, the most um, noticeable clip that was missing was uh, where they in that days of Ryan and wine and Dozes where they made fun of George Lucas is like he's a short guy who just steals <laughs> ideas <laughs> yeah that was a weird joke because like George Lucas isn't short though no it and odd. it
1: was like six years after Phantom Menace and they did a Phantom Menace parody yes yeah. it was kind of a funny parody but it came like super
0: late mm-hmm. yeah but I did I did like that it ended with yoda in the senate going like begin they have or have they they nods his head that that wasn't a bad joke but yeah disney plus going all out tr- with uh the simpsons clippage but you know what if you're gonna try to go viral get them in the fucking aspect ratio guys they yeah. still haven't done it no the
1: video was formatted for phones so it was oh, the I other kind of worse. cropping so yeah. yeah it was it was a uh, vertical cropping not horizontal cropping
0: uh, yeah not I mean, good People don't understand aspect ratios though. It's, it's a tale as Teach old as Teach it time. in the schools, I say. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, we have another uh, sad story here. We could have had a Simpsons hit and run too, but unfortunately, EA got the Simpsons rights and it never came to be. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, Simpsons hit and run was the only good GTA like before Saints Row, basically. Mm. Uh, before Saints it. Row got good, actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah Simpsons, you know, after they, they did Road Rage, which just ripped off Crazy Taxi, but it, not that it was bad, but it was good the road rage and simpsons did run they were the first one games that felt like they were made by people who obsessed about the show and knew every reference to cram in there and even the the simpsons game like it did its best with that but it it felt still more corporate sheen on it than hit and run did yeah it's a
1: very aggressively mediocre game the simpsons game and mm. uh i did i don't like mediocre games that joke about how mediocre they are it's just like well yeah you're not being very good or entertaining but yeah the uh the, the fun part of that game was there was animated sequences between levels like mm. real simpsons ep- like episode quality animation yeah between levels i
0: remember so much uh, really sums up the game for me was a you're doing the modern warfare sorry the Medal of Honor section of it in a, you know, Raging Hellfish type sequence. But it's Abe saying... Yes, it's an escort mission. I'm like, so you joke about the escort mission, and then you still give it to me like that. That that is my least favorite. It's like
1: jokey tutorials. Like, no, you're still a tutorial. Like, don't be so cute.
0: And and there's a level in the EA Games Factory, which is just like, well, that's funny, but this is from the EA Games Factory. Yeah, it
1: was very self-referential. But uh, yeah, I recommend if you want to learn more about the first game, the podcast. Watch out for Fireballs. Recently, did a whole episode about it. Oh, uh, right now, that's cool. Yeah, it's not quite as good as you remember. But it's still very, very faithful to mm. Simpsons lore. And you could tell it was made by super fans. So yeah, yeah very cool.
0: Yeah, so I guess just that Hidden Run 2, one of the developers did a uh inter- a recent interview where he revealed that there was a gameplay prototype for Hidden Run 2 that they were pitching to Fox. But uh then EA got the Simpsons right, outbid them as EA is known to do. And so in the run up to the Simpsons movie, they started working on the Simpsons game, they couldn't make hit and run too, which uh is too bad. I mean, there's even like there are open world bits of the Simpsons game too, but it's like it's it's just the game tried to have everything. It's a yeah. real
1: nondescript open world. It's not yeah. good. When I was playing it, I don't know, over ten years ago, I'm like, this is it? Like this is what we're, <laughs> you're getting? Okay, fine.
0: It's a weird a weird year of playing the Simpsons game and watching the Simpsons movie in the same year. And mm. now that's uh third years old yeah, yeah
1: yeah uh we might be talking about the simpsons movie somewhere soon mm, hint hint uh, perhaps yes, yeah i'll leave this in <laughs> uh, so we have some good good news for seth mcfarland the rich get richer mm, yes. over here over there in hollywood
0: <laughs> uh, yes seth mcfarland in a shocking turn of events signed a new production deal with NBC Universal leaving Fox, which has been his home for over 20 years as a television producer. Now, he's still going to do Family Guy, American Dad, and Orville, which I wonder, like, how much time do you have to produce a TV show, uh, new TV shows, when you are the star of a show like The Orville, Mm. a live-action show. I think
1: the episode orders on that one are pretty small, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, just set aside a month, and he's like, film everything. Or maybe in the next season, it's like, his character. Gets killed in the first episode, or he only says one line per episode. Uh, but yeah, so Seth MacFarlane signed a gigantic deal, $200 million with NBC Universal. Uh, and the rumor in the Hollywood Reporter story was that, or their reporting is, Seth MacFarlane chose NBC ultimately because he was going to get to work on a lot more varied projects. While it sounded like Fox just wanted him to, or Disney, this would be a deal with Disney. The distinction between Fox and Disney will be important in, this, in the next news story here. Oh, but geez. He would have made a deal with Disney, but I think they wanted him to stick to what he had been doing. Well, meanwhile... NBC Universal apparently is offering a more varied stuff of like, do you want to make a weird thing for Peacock or sci-fi? More acting. <laughs> yeah, he's singing. It'll just be all songs. He's like, every <laughs> idea he brings to NBC Universal is like, uh, this one I sing for an hour long and it's uh, every night.
1: More Rat Pack covers. <laughs> but please, no more Seth MacFarlane starring movies. We've learned um, our lesson. Yeah. It didn't work.
0: <laughs> but uh, but yeah, this also does throw into question the future of Family Guy, American Dad, and Orville. Now, mean American Dad just got renewed for three more years on TBS. It will actually get to a 300th episode. That's great to
1: hear because there's like 12 years of American Dad I haven't seen. <laughs> I can just boot up on Hulu. Uh,
0: and, uh, and Orville has been renewed. But Family Guy is a little in question about like now that Seth MacFarlane has made this deal. Are is uh, Fox and Disney going to pay a lot extra for a guy who's not loyal or who's who isn't going to focus on? Not that he's like run fan. I don't think he's really been the showrunner of Family Guy since season like two, two five or when three. they came yeah. back. Yeah. Uh But the other side of this coin, with Seth MacFarlane leaving, is at the previously mentioned Television Critics Association. The boss of Fox actually has been talking about what their future is on Fox television broadcasting in a post-Simpsons, post-Family Guy universe. They
1: sure are making a lot of animated shows these days. I feel yeah. like we're in 1999 or something.
0: <laughs> it's uh really weird, but yeah. I, I got to the bottom of this, I think, so uh for... Folks out there are just like, oh yeah, why does Fox keep announcing so many new animated series? The situation is that uh, Disney bought all of these Fox entertainment properties. They even do own Bob's Burgers. But Fox Television, which is a separate company and was not purchased by Disney, they still want to run a TV channel and they also want to produce shows that they own for that TV channel that are not owned by Disney like Bob's Burgers, Family Guy and Simpsons. So, in August, I missed this, Fox Television bought Bento Box, the animation studio that makes Bob's Burgers and many Mm, other shows. So, they are using that as their new production studio for their huge ramp up in animation as they are trying to find the replacement for Family Guy, Simpsons, and uh, Bob's Burgers. I
1: say, bring back King of the Hill. You mistreated it. Uh, you did give it 13 seasons to be fair But uh, fucking Mad About You Can Come Back yeah. King of the Hill should be back on the air well, if, uh, Mike Judge is done with Silicon Valley now What else is Mike Judge doing? Uh, Tales I, from the tour bus, I think, that's it
0: I mean, if uh, if Mad About You returns on a channel no one watches uh, Did it make a sound? I, I what, know. Uh, where is
1: that? I heard Paul Reiser on uh, Gilbert Gottfried's podcast I'm mm. like, oh yeah, but like this, this is a thing Where can I see this? It's
0: on a cable network that's not around here uh, it's, Okay, uh, it's, really? Well, I, like a cable... Cable company, like basically if Comcast paid to bring it back to only play it on Comcast channels, which are that's our local cable station cable provider, which I hate, but we must use. Um, that it's another one of those brought back mad about you
1: wow so weird and (laughs) did you know that Lauren Bouchard has another animated series that looks just like Bob's Burgers it's all musical and it's only on Apple TV
0: oh I didn't know that yes that's that's... the only place to watch it
1: because every three weeks Twitter will just be nothing but Apple TV ads (laughs) just just like please watch Snoopy in space or the morning show (laughs) or whatever the Lauren Bouchard Lauren Bouchard is doing Bob's Burgers and his other thing for apple at the same time so weird
0: and he actually has another show i just learned about uh as part of so uh michael thorne at the tcas when talking about the animation expansion and they're just like we're prepared for a future without the simpsons the simpsons is expensive family guy's expensive like the only committal thing he would say is like bob's burgers has a long future on fox tv so i think this is the way that fox tv is like getting people ready for the idea of they're not going to renew the simpsons or family guy after their current renewal process and the shows they have coming in the replacements they they've got a lot of big names to work on it all being produced through bento box the duncanville show we've talked about before by mike uh, skelly and julie thacker with with amy poehler and then there's the great north which i had not heard about before it's um a single dad show uh, where he's like, uh, uh, well, he's played by Nick Offerman, so you know the character this dad is. Are we
1: just reassembling the cast of Parks and Rec <laughs> to make animated shows now? But
0: you spread them out, like yeah. Nick Offerman on one show, Amy Poehler on another show. Where's Rashida Jones? <laughs> uh, she's also on Duncanville. I thought yeah. so.
1: Well, yeah, you're right. Wow. <laughs> uh,
0: but The Great North, that is also produced by Lauren Bouchard. But the other showrunners are the Molyneux sisters, who wrote some of the best Bob's Burgers episodes. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that one. And they uh, renewed... Oh, and also Minty, sorry. And Minty... I forget her last name. Sorry. Minty, who worked Minty on... Minty Fresh. She <laughs> worked on regular show and okay. was also a voice actress on it. She's great.
1: And they renewed Bless the Hearts for season two, which, uh, you know, bless their hearts. Yeah,
0: bless... Oh, bless hearts. I, I don't yeah. know if it's
1: bad, but uh, it seems like a way broader King of the Hill, and uh, I... Really dislike how it looks. It looks like one of those clip tune Facebook thingies uh, yeah, you'd see like four yeah. or five years ago. I mean, I know they only they have they so much to hard. work with.
0: Everybody works hard on it. There's great people who work on it. But I'm it, sure.
1: it looks like something on my Facebook wall. Mm-hmm. No, my that uh, be there.
0: my husband Darren has uh, his pejorative for it. The way I use Rugrats as a pejorative sometimes, his pejorative for that type of animation is progressive ad. Like, that's oh, you're right. It's like that is some progressive ad shit right there. Like I. I again, I'm saying this about a show I don't watch, uh, but there, and there's one more. So there's a. Th- Fourth animated series they're, they're bringing up, too, after Duncanville, Great North, and Bless Their Hearts, I had not heard of until today, which was, it got announced in December, House Broken, hmm. which is a show about uh, Hollywood dogs, basically. Well, uh, Hank Azaria's <laughs> back, baby. Uh, but I believe it's like The Secret Life of the Pets of Famous People, I think it is. or It uh, stars uh, Je- Lisa Kudrow, love her, and uh, also... Jennifer Crinton is uh, an executive producer on it. So oh, cool, yeah. So, they're yeah. hiring the right people, but I think really, I, I hope they're hiring up a lot of great people at Bento Box, because this is a lot of work for one production studio to do, especially when, like, I love the look of Bob's Burgers, but most... The animation can be lacking at times. I, I
1: like the look of Bozburgers. Mm-hmm. It's one of the better-looking shows of that type.
0: Yeah, but it's also one I can just listen to and enjoy yeah, that yeah. way while I play uh, something else. It but, is a
1: fun podcast and a show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, But but I guess the ultimate Simpsons news of that bit is just like Michael Thorne, the president of Fox Television, he is preparing you for the day they're going to say we're not renewing the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. So.
1: It's going to be a dark day for baseball. <laughs> or sorry, TV.
0: Well, speaking of sports, I have one last question. Uh, stupid thing to mention in the news like i found a uh as you may know bob the super bowl is this weekend <laughs> i was gonna say when is the
1: stupid bowl i went there uh the, sorry sports ball th- I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> I, I apologize uh
0: no the super bowl is this weekend ahead of us if you're listening to this on patreon or it's two days in the past if you're listening on the free feed but either way it's the Kansas City Chiefs versus the San Francisco 49ers and uh, in an attempt at going viral with did Simpsons predict it I found a uh, ABC local ABC reporter in Kansas City from Kansas uh, from KC TV 5 tried to say that the Sunday cruddy Sunday episode predicts that the 49ers will defeat the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. See, his uh, reasoning was that I was going to play a clip from it, but he takes a real long time to get to the point of it. But basically, Sunday credit Sunday takes place in Miami, which is apparently also where the Super Bowl is this year. I think I don't know. Uh, I could be wrong, but he says that. The, there's a red team versus a blue team. They re, The red team looks like the 49ers. The blue team looks like the Chiefs. And the red team won. Seems so, like a bit
1: of a cheat to me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, I think so, too. The guy's trying to go viral with the Simpsons predicted it. It's, like, a, uh, it's like
1: the magic eye test of... Uh, sorry, magic <laughs> eye picture of Simpsons predicted it. It's like, I can
0: kind of see that. Though I squint. I, I will give a thumbs up to the reporter in it that he did correctly bring up that... In the early 90s, the Simpsons did predict the Super Bowl rightly three times in a row. That's correct, yes. They really did, like, just straight up saying, Lisa says this team will win, and they did win.
1: They should just rerun that episode every year and change the (laughs) teams. I mean, it's a good episode to begin with.
0: Well, now it doesn't look like regular Simpsons, and it's probably... uh, They'd have to cut, like, an extra two minutes from it for Mm, commercials now, I betcha. Yeah, but uh, I guess we shall see this weekend... If uh, Cruddy Sunday predicted it accurately that the 49ers will defeat the Kansas City Chiefs, I'll be in Disneyland then, so I won't be. I'll be
1: hanging out with Nina here, probably (laughs) going someplace that'll be evacuated thanks to the Super Bowl. So (laughs) that's the perfect time to go out and buy groceries, I swear. If you're not into (laughs) football, go uh, to a place that's normally crowded. (laughs) You'll have lots of fun. Yeah, Except bars. Don't go to bars. I'm
0: hoping at Disneyland it will be that case as well, and I'll be able to just like walk on to Rise of Resistance that's <laughs> a perfect
1: time to go. Actually, someone told me Super Bowl Sunday is the perfect time to go to Disneyland. Oh,
0: awesome, man. All right. Cross cross your fingers, everybody, for uh, my... I guess, again, if you're listening to this on the free feed, I already did it. But, uh, <laughs> but wish me well in the past.
1: I'll be seeing Mystery Science Theater live the day before. Mm, wow. Good that's, old Joel.
0: That is uh, definitely a protest against <laughs> the Super Bowl by going to that.
1: <laughs> so we have some news about us. And uh, the live show was on the Patreon last week. It's on the free feed this week. So you you all have probably heard it. So much fun. Well, I think it's our best live show yet. Uh, mm. Our biggest crowd. Our, uh, we got the main stage, a piano fight in San Francisco. Jordan Morris was great. I couldn't be happier with how that turned out. Mm. And I think like with every live show, I get less and less nervous about <laughs> it. If you don't count the five minutes before we go on.
0: Yes. Yeah. That was a lot of pacing. And uh, it was Jordan Morris, uh, especially he did something that really helped me in the Pre-show jitters was he committed to a lot of nothing small talk with me just to get my mind off of the countdown of the last yeah. five minutes.
1: He was a great guest yeah. and uh, who gladly offered to be a guest without us having to look. So uh, that helped guy. us out so much, and he was perfect for the topic.
0: Yeah, I can't wait to check out his Disney Plus show. He promoted in that one. It's it's a I man just great guy. Yeah, and uh, and thanks to everybody who came out for it and you know got the posters, the great posters that Nina made, like just so much fun. And also, I think everybody really enjoyed your video, Bob, that uh, even if they weren't there in person, they got to enjoy it on uh, the Patreon.
1: Yeah, in case you haven't seen it, it's on Patreon, it's a free post, but we ended the show with a death reel featuring all the characters who didn't quite make it. And I know people are like, well, bleeding gums live till season six. And I say, you know what? That's not funny. <laughs>
0: yes, that's not. funny. I wanted to
1: be funnier.
0: It's funnier to do that. Yeah,
1: he eventually <laughs> died, and uh, I know Marvin Monroe actually didn't die because yes. he came back as a surprise in season fifteen.
0: Yes, but, but yes,
1: please <laughs> check it out on Patreon. But yes, I can't wait to do another live show. Maybe we'll do PAX again this year. Who knows? That was really fun and an easier trip for us.
0: Yeah, we had a lot of fun at PAX West. That was that was a really good time uh, with uh, with another really cool guest on that too. We have so many great, uh, such great luck with with live shows guests
1: yes including guests who came here to berkeley in person last mm-hmm. week i mean we can talk about who they are right yeah yeah, yeah they'll be in an upcoming episode mm-hmm.
0: yeah i think next week's episode but you guys can know about it now we uh, as part of sf sketch fest uh we had our our buddies found footage fest they came to town to uh we had nick Pruer on before and then his uh we had Nick on before and his co-host on Found Footage Fest Joe. He was able to uh come on the show as well. So next week you will be hearing those guys talk about No Disgrace Like Home and they they were so nice. They they came here three uh, they came here about 6 hours before their flight to Toronto and recorded
1: for over 2 hours, right? Yes,
0: yeah. And and also they they sell they came in with like they have props for their live show that they brought in with them. That, yes. <laughs> like, One of
1: them is an industrial penis pump.
0: <laughs> it is. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, you got to see the live
1: show to figure out what it is.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. What? Uh, I mean, I, I did not want to say hats off to them. They did an amazing live show. I uh, sometimes still have nightmares about it. Honestly, I think Henry, you're more <laughs> cut
1: out for the non after dark version of their yes, show. They're a uh, VCR yes.
0: party live, which is just fun things and, and <laughs> Alf puppets. Uh, that's a nice wholesome show. But uh, if you've got a stronger stomach and you're ready to uh, see some of their uh, adult sh- stuff, uh, yeah. which is not in any way sexual, it's no, horrifying.
1: No. no, it's great. And uh, they tour so much, mm-hmm. and you should definitely see them. They're great guests too. They'll be back, and they were so friendly and so kind and very uh, very much praising us in our work. So I really yeah. appreciate that. They do good work, too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love those guys. Ch- check them out. And you're going to hear them on next week's episode, though. We did, uh, for their time constraints... When we did the whole biography on the writers and directors, we did that without them just of like, we don't want to make you guys sit around for 20, 30 minutes while we talk about directors of the episode. And
1: it's going to be a fairly long episode because we did a writer's corner for Algie and Mike Reese, which mm-hmm. I think was maybe like 20 to 30 minutes long.
0: <laughs> and then and then 10 minutes on the director, Greg Vanzo, yeah, as well. Yeah, so, so it'll
1: be a beefier season one episode. But I'm loving this season one revisit. I'm getting so much more out of it. We can play yes. more clips. We can just dig down deeper because we are doing this for a job for yeah. a living so we have more time to spend on it
0: we i bet that one is five times longer than the first time <laughs> we did see that episode and yeah i think I, you're right I, I hope you guys are enjoying it too you know it's just been a lot of fun to just go into the history and really talk about the Production of season one and to celebrate season one as a legitimate season of good television to watch instead of just going like eh, season one sucks, skip it, it's not funny, who cares? Like it's that you, it's it is them figuring out the Simpsons, but it's funny as they figure yeah, it out. Yeah, and I'm,
1: I'm learning new things on this watch through, I didn't think I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually, I thought it'd be like, oh, uh, we're not doing this because it's easier, we're doing this because you know it's a fun thing to do and appropriate. But going into this, I thought, oh, this will be a lighter load for me. It's like, no, actually, I think I'm. I'm working more on these just because I'm like, no, I have to get this right. And this is like very important historically this first mm-hmm. season. So I want to dig as deep as I can. So yeah, we're spending lots of time on these. They're coming out very well. Yeah. I'm very happy with what we're doing.
0: Yeah. And I hope all you guys are enjoying it too. And, uh, and in general, I guess like I, I hope you guys are enjoying, you know, the new schedule for uh, Talking Simpsons and what a cartoon as well. You know, I think we're it. It made us be able to focus more on these things and do all this extra research for season one, like it, uh, or to prepare for some bigger stuff down the road we're gonna do. So I I, uh, I hope everybody's enjoying the new schedule. Let us know in the comments how yes. uh, you're feeling about it.
1: We're already working farther ahead than we did in the last two months of 2019. So yeah. we're we're really doing a good job here, which. Uh, Uh, is
0: is good too because you know we got a we got a limited series coming up again soon or a mini series i guess we should say it'll Mm -hmm. be it'll be here before you know it should be
1: landing in march or perhaps early april we got to figure it out but it will be here in the spring
0: and uh and also i guess let's if you guys uh, have enjoyed this new what a cartoon movie that just came out uh next month should be pretty fun too yes it's gonna be 80s disney correct yes yeah so uh the poll will be up at the start of Uh, February 1st, and uh, you'll pick from one of four... 80s animated Disney classics to help us pick what the next what a cartoon movie would be. Your votes shall decide it.
1: That's right. And the choices will be in chronological order. I believe we have The Black Cauldron, uh, The Great Mouse Detective, Oliver and Company, and The Little Mermaid. I have an idea of which one will probably win, (laughs) but you guys always surprise me. So who knows? Maybe we'll do Oliver and Company, a movie I saw once when I was five.
0: Me too. Yes. I don't think I've seen in full since I watched it in the theater as a five-year-old. But, you know, Billy Joel's songs are eternal and I, I still have oh, what should I worry
1: it'll be fun to look at Disney during a darker time <laughs> just as yeah. things were picking up towards the end of the decade
0: now I have the proper cultural context to appreciate Bette Midler and Cheech Marin staring a scene together mm, that movie
1: <laughs> really was about an uptown girl
0: yeah but uh, I mean you know I think uh, I don't think we'll be talking about Oliver and Company but prove me wrong children prove <laughs> me wrong how
1: about those mice that's where I'm leaning <laughs> oh,
0: but man, I, I love I love Basil I love Basil Sorry Yes No I got. <laughs> haven't
1: seen that movie ever I really want to see oh, it Oh really Yes yeah. I've only seen the reference In Darkwing Duck So uh, <laughs> uh, let's talk about The What A Cartoon schedule For February Right mm, let's- Yes so the first episode of February on the Patreon, it'll be live on February 3rd, free feed, February 10th. We have Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds. Mm-hmm. The episode is On Your Mark, get Set Duel. The first episode. Yes, with a very special guest, right, Henry?
0: Oh, yes, yeah. Well, we haven't recorded yet, but we've, uh, if you like, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! and, uh... Perhaps stories of Yu-Gi-Oh! are shortened. (laughs) I think you might like our guest this week. And because
1: Henry is producing this one, I'm going to challenge him to get the spelling and, uh, you know, the case of all of this, right? Because (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh! is all intercapped. There are hyphens between it. There's an exclamation point at the end. Five capital D apostrophe S. So it's very overly complicated, (laughs) one would say. Which
0: also is, I think, wrong punctuation because it's supposed to be Multiple Ds. The five Mm. Ds can mean dimensions or dragons, but it means... Five Ds, as in letters. Like, but some people I was watching some videos. Like, they call it Five Ds, but I've you know watched classic commercials from it from both Japan and America. It's Five Ds. So yeah. Please
1: retain the apostrophe, even no, though it's <laughs>
0: wrong. It's uh, it's card games on motorbikes. <laughs> as sounds as crazy. The meme goes
1: <laughs> so up next uh, Patreon date February tenth. Free feed date February seventeenth. We have Goof Troops episode Nightmare on Goofs street this is a patreon request and yes we are going to the disney afternoon we have not covered goof troop yet a fine show disney mm-hmm. sort of making their own uh, lighter simpsons in the mm-hmm. early 90s
0: yeah i mean we cover the crap out of the goofy movie Sorry, a goofy movie. We cover the crap out of a goofy movie. And uh, that was on a What a Cartoon Movie. But now it's time to go into the thing that uh, really began the goof naissance of the 90s, Goof Troop. And uh, yeah, that was a, a fun patron request
1: and it's named goof troop because it was once about goofy being a like scout leader like oh. a like a boy scout uh, you know what's the bo- like adult scout Scoutmaster. Scout Ma- scout yeah so retain that title you learn more trivia like that oh boy. on the episode I,
0: I did not i did not know that
1: oh very good
0: it's <laughs> a perfect time for that
1: impression uh so up next in february a very short month as you all know february 17th is uh, the Patreon date. February 24th is the free feed date. We have the Netflix series Hilda with the episode The Bird Parade. Mm-hmm. So this is also a patron request, correct? Yes, it's yeah. one of
0: our uh, top-level patrons. They picked this one out, though I've been looking forward to doing it, too. Just as an excuse to watch the show, Hilda is uh, seems like a very nice uh, kid show based on a book
1: series. Yeah, a graphic novel book. Uh, not as good as Sparks. Mm-hmm. I say, if you got a kid, buy <laughs> Sparks first, and then buy Hilda. Yeah,
0: once you've bought Sparks for every child you know, <laughs> then buy Hilda for your child. But uh, yeah, and also it's interesting that it's... It's like I, I looked into it a little bit the creator of the series also is showrunner on the show too or at least is involved in the show and he had uh, worked previously on Adventure Time he storyboarded several episodes of Adventure Time so i i'm curious to, to look into it it looks it looks like a very cute and sweet show it does uh very british as well very twee <laughs> and uh, and we'll have on that patron to talk about why they wanted us to do that one as well so just got to cram in all the hilda by the uh, uh i i plan to watch all of it before we record it for sure
1: mm-hmm. yeah and And the last week of February, of course, will be the extended preview of our What A Cartoon Movie. Whatever wins that month, we'll just have a 45-ish minute preview of that episode that you can hear the full thing of if you're on the $10 tier Mm -hmm. to hear our What A Cartoon Movies episode every month.
0: Yes, so please, please look forward to it, as uh, Japanese game developers would say. (laughs) And let's move on to our questions
1: and comments for episodes. And up first, we have Talking Simpsons comments. And the first episode we're covering is Bart the Genius. By the way, these are normally longer, but we did our talk to the audience uh, late last month, and we're doing it early this month. So next month will be the normal rotation of Mm -hmm. questions. So Bart the Genius is first. Joe Quigley says, Teacher perspective time. Just a quick correction that the school is more like a magnet school than a charter school. I found this episode really interesting because Miss Milan's classroom isn't actually that different from mine. Mm. I tell the kids my job is to facilitate their learning. I let them choose what books they read. And even the debate isn't really out of the realm of possibility for an average classroom if you provided them with some accessible text to grasp the content. In short, despite how exaggerated things are, the classroom isn't as wacky as I feel like the writers intended.
0: Well, I'm sure in 89 it seemed pretty wacky that kids would have personal computers and beanbag chairs and could just learn in their own time
1: yeah these are the people who grew up in the 60s a uh, very yeah. regimented strict schooling you know uh very standardized so i'm sure they were trying to make fun of the new progressive schooling
0: no <laughs> though, though i'm sure matt graining would have at least then would have agreed like oh i wish my schooling was this instead of what i did have oh like, sure yeah yeah i think they 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 show that it's an improvement for bart but also maybe bart has too much freedom or or it shows that you're miserable no matter where you are in bart's case uh
1: bart should really be monitored with those chemicals is what i'm saying (laughs)
0: uh but i i do appreciate that uh quigley uh helped us have a little teacher perspective he's done that in the past in our comments uh, also on Bart the Genius, Stephen Nettle says, first, I actually have seen Carmen in Russian at an in small experimental theater in Moscow in 1995. It was very bare bones production and, well, pretty crappy even for post-Soviet experimental theater. To add to the surrealism of the show, the actor playing Don Jose was the split was a spitting image of Carmine Ragusa from Laverne and Shirley. Take your word for it. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, Tiny Toons oddly shared several storylines with the first two seasons of The Simpsons. An offensively accented convenience store clerk, a reaction to The Raven by a famous actor with a distinctive voice, Vincent Price, in the case of Tiny Toons, and finally, a trouble-making main character switching test papers with a genius, Plucky switching test papers with Egghead, who I think only appeared that once time that's right yes they did that same plot and i just
1: remember the convenience store clerk was in the episode where plucky stole the candy bar it was right. like their anti-shoplifting episode right. it just was hard to watch because poor plucky
0: yeah i mean plucky was usually the one to learn a lesson and i mentioned yeah i think this comes from uh you know actually i bring it up on bart the General. There's an episode where Hampton has to deal with a bully as well, being bullied by Montana Max. That's right, yeah. In a, in a very similar way. It seems
1: like these are all very much stock, like, kid school stories, yeah. almost.
0: I mean, and it makes more sense for Tiny Toons to deal with them than Simpsons, really. But, uh, yeah, that Raven one, I forgot the Raven one, that, uh, what is it? It's a camel who's the convenience store clerk, isn't it? Oh, or? I think it's a human. A human? They didn't okay. go that far. All right. <laughs> I, I must be thinking of You made it worse, Henry. Hey, uh, <laughs> (laughs) Uh, But that Egghead character, he did not have the longevity of Martin Prince
1: Uh, That's fine So we're moving on to Homer's Odyssey And Stephen Nettle is back Mm. And he says, for those growing up in the 70s and 80s Nuclear power was always something that made us nervous One of my earliest memories about the TV news were the various reports about Three Mile Island in 1979, which was about 30 miles away. Flash forward to the late 80s, we had moved, and nearby was another nuclear plant with a reputation for safety problems. When I was 14 or so, we went on one of those tours, and they showed us a propaganda short pretty similar to Smiling Joe Fission. (laughs) Afterwards, I asked the tour guide, who was boasting about how clean nuclear power was, some pointed question about how clean it would really be if there was a serious accident. He tried to reassure us that an accident was very very unlikely when i tried to say it could still happen and if it did the environmental damage would be pretty bad he stopped calling on me and moved the tour along you <laughs> should have removed uh, you from that yeah. uh, tour steven you
0: should have said like free thing uh, free thinker alert the free thought we well, got, got a Nick. <laughs> yeah you know i'm wondering if that the simpsons inadvertently with making jokes about homer working a nuclear power plant it defanged our generation's fear of nuclear power. Like I, the, I, you know, I was alive when some of the bad ones happened in the eighties, but I didn't really pay attention to it. Like, and then the only thing I think of with nuclear power for the longest time was like Homer doing stuff like even more than Chernobyl or whatever.
1: totally. Yeah. I mean, I think we talked about it on Homer's odyssey, but that was the joke up front. But the joke was, you know, nuclear power, scary, huh? Mm. Well, this guy works at the (laughs) nuclear power plant. Can you believe
0: it? Stupid yeah, dad, that's his finger on the switch. yeah like, yeah. I uh and I mean, you know, there was a flare-up of nuclear power fears. I feel like the last time was well, obviously there was the Chernobyl miniseries, which you know reignited people's memories of that or reminding people like, boy, I was fucked up that happened, right? Uh but I think the last time in the real world was like the Fukushima situation after oh, the, uh, the yeah. earthquake in Japan in 2011. I mean,
1: personally, as a kid and teenager, I was brainwashed by SimCity. Like, no, not coal power, nuclear power, not roads, <laughs> yeah. trains. So you Will Wright it warped my brain.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I've just been playing a lot of Civ, uh, the phone game version of Civ, because uh, it, it relaxes me for some reason, the civilization, civilization games. But it does teach me the wrong lesson of like, well, what I need is money all the time. (laughs) money will buy me more things like it it makes you really into a capitalist you lose a lot if you become a communist can you
1: give the app money to get civ money in return
0: Uh, yeah I think so okay (laughs) Uh, and so also on Homer's Odyssey, our animation pal Thad Komorowski has some interesting insights. I've got to say, you went pretty easy on how bad this episode looks. Way worse than anything in the rejected first version of Some Enchanted Evening, which had bad stuff, but was mostly just down to miscommunication. That scene of Marge and the kids with no lip sync, the final shot of the crowd pan... This is just raw incompetence. (laughs) Maybe the other episodes were so much of a shitbed that the glaring flaws of this lame but canonically important episode had to be passed over. Poor Wes Archer. You
1: know what? I agree with that. He was right to scold us. This is is, the worst looking episode. And because Uh, ever, uh, ever of Simpsons. Secretly the cover for every talk to the audience is a character addressing an audience or you know talking to an audience. And of course, Homer's Odyssey has one of the perfect talk to the audience Mm -hmm. screenshots. Actually, several of them, because third act is just him talking to a crowd of mutants. Yeah. So man, yeah, nothing gets worse (laughs) in The Simpsons than that crowd scene in Homer's Odyssey. They were not ready for a crowd.
0: (laughs) They they really weren't and it was like. best archer's first show directing to i think in that one of the ones that didn't even bring up is like just in the show sherry or terry's head is floating as they walk like they yeah they, that's just a mistake still in the show they forgot the cell
1: yeah that's probably it's, cropped out by disney plus
0: you know after just rewatching the simpsons pilot footage that we did at the live show i the only difference i can see about why some enchanted evening got rejected and this didn't as harshly is is difference of people like wes archer was their guy and they trusted him and meanwhile kent butterworth He wasn't their guy. And I think you can see in the Some Enchanted Evening stuff, they took liberties that even Wes Archer didn't take, or it's the kind of liberties they didn't like. So I think that's why that one comes off as like, oh, it had worse animation. Like, not really, but it took wilder swings than this took that were actually good animation, but absolutely wrong for what they wanted The Simpsons to be. So, but yes, I totally agree with you, Thad homer's odyssey worst animated episode of the simpsons ever the animation never looked worse
1: and we got over, we got through it as a society yes, yeah. and now it's on Disney plus. So yes, on over to what a cartoon comments. There were some Sketchfest comments, but they were mostly like, Hey guys, awesome show. Good job. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to read praise for myself. Yeah. It's like retweeting praise for yourself, <laughs> which I do sometimes. Time for
0: nine more minutes of compliments for us.
1: <laughs> so up next we have uh psychopaths, our first, what a cartoon for January, the episode crime coefficient. The first episode of Psychopass and the great Dave Whittington, our hundred dollar patron, was on that. Thanks again to Dave mm-hmm. for sticking around for so long as a high level patron, and he will return. Yeah,
0: he's a he's a fun guest too. I love talking about the anime with him.
1: So Batman Boy Eleven says, "My friends who are more into anime than I am hadn't heard of Psychopass before. I'd asked them about it when you guys put out the January What a Cartoon schedule, so I had no idea what to expect going in, and I was very pleasantly surprised. I bought the first deluxe episode off of YouTube, so I watched the first. 2 of the original version and was captivated the whole time initially when the premise was being explained in the episode I definitely thought of Minority Report and how a thousand other western stories have explored the idea of pre-crime to the point that I'm sick of it <laughs> however even in such a small amount of content as the 40 some minutes I watch this genuinely did a good job of bringing new directions to it and hammering home broader social implications beyond the morality and accuracy and uh, debates of other stories uh, yes yeah. I totally agree
0: yeah it, uh, it was fun to to come at this kind of uh concept that i thought was tired too but at a new angle like especially as it is like no it's about we live in a society not um how do we judge people kind of thing especially the uh the bit i like how it's a it's not just about one person wrongly accused it's how a victim of a crime can be blamed mm-hmm. like or even people around a crime like i i like that it's it it spreads the awareness there and as as you put it bob i liked how you he said you are damned by your credit rating basically it's not too far <laughs>
1: from our own reality it's a uh, very interesting yeah. social commentary mm-hmm. so i definitely recommend psychopaths check out that episode if you're
0: unsure if you'd like it i think it'll get you into a fun uh darker show and uh then the next uh, episode was batman the animated series almost got him and our first of our revisiting ones we're going to be doing once a month uh oh 5ds is technically our revisiting next month so uh, uh but this one for batman the animated series man what a fun episode that was and uh joel hudson also had thoughts about the production company behind that episode almost got him dong yang very much feels like the show's second choice when it came time to assign episodes to animation studios but it's pretty rewarding to watch The shows handled by the studio improved throughout the life of the series. Dong Yang ended up getting most of the episodes for the production season two, as well as the new Batman adventures. The worst studio may have been ACOM, who got fired after one disastrous episode in Joker's Wild. Their production was more on par with standard kid shows with animation goofs and miscolored parts. Bob and Henry will go. We'll get to talk about them in greater detail with next week's episode, as they did Bucky O'Hare, as well as most of X-Men, mm-hmm. and also the first season of Simpsons. They were the only production company for the first season of Simpsons
1: overseas. We certainly did talk about ACOM in that episode.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, like the, I think talking of Dong Yang is good because you know sometimes uh especially korean overseas animation studios can get a bad rap of just like oh they sent it to korea like i really hate the to get in that direction about it like and i i agree i think acom was just like yeah, this is the level Americans expect from us for the money they're giving us. What? What's the problem? Like, yeah.
1: So Drew Mackey, I believe from Gayest Episode Ever, correct? Previous guest yes. on Homer's
0: Phobia. Cool. Everyone should listen to that Gayest Episode Ever podcast. It's really great.
1: It's very good. Uh, so Drew Mackey says, this was great and I am not a correct epotamus so much as someone who cares too much about Arlene Sorkin, but the Frasier thing is that Kelsey Grammer was never talking to the slubs who called in. Every call he got actually had him talking to Arlene and and then they dub over her voice with the celeb saying the same lines, which means she is kind of a bigger part of the whole series, just not on camera. She actually gets to appear in person in the series finale, which is also sweet. So that thanks. Is great. Yeah, I didn't know that. And mm-hmm. I have to recommend a recent episode of Gayest Episode Ever. It's about a season 14 or 15 episode called Three, D- uh, Three Gays of the Condo, yes, which yeah. they covered. And they said, uh, Drew said he's inspired by us and our research. So, oh, yes, I we approve you, of this podcast. Very good. I love it. Uh, check it out. I got to
0: listen to that episode. <laughs> they
1: did a really good one on uh, Seinfeld recently, too.
0: Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah I got to. I mean, as I recall, Three Gays of the Condo. It almost felt like an excuse just to have Hank Azaria plays Birdcage character in all but name. <laughs>
1: Basically, yeah, who became a recurring character. And mm. then uh, Scott Thompson is on because Harvey Firestein didn't want to play a character that was so Aww. broad. Yeah,
0: Yeah, he, Carl was a, tr- was a trailblazer in his time. But <laughs> My mother said never kiss a fool. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got to listen to that one then yeah. for sure. And, I, and look forward to us doing that one in uh, four years? three three or four years to get to season 15 I think now mm. on our new schedule I think it'll take that long yeah I
1: think so but uh, we'll get there we'll get there mm. it's gonna be quite a ride so Up next, we have Animatrix, Henry. Ah,
0: yes. Yeah, the Animatrix, our movie. What a fun time. Our longest podcast uh, to date. (laughs) Yes. And
1: uh, we had uh, one concern by a listener that because Patreon has a uh, file size limit, we have to cut the bitrate down of our longer podcasts, which makes them sound a little worse than our normal ones. In the future, if a podcast runs this long for our $10 people, we may just post it in two parts just to Mm. give you a better sounding podcast because... Uh, the limit is 200 megabytes we can post a million megabytes in a day but it has to be in 200 megabyte chunks for some <laughs> yeah, reason
0: yeah but uh but yeah if uh, if you guys would prefer that let, let me know in the comments i'd like to hear that too but yes on the animatrix adam east said i was in peak matrix fanboy mode at this time and i did love the second renaissance episodes as well as beyond program and World we- and World Record. Lord of the Rings kind of stole my love after the Disappointment of Revolutions with Return of the King coming out the following month. As a note, in your World Record sections, he would have been running the 100-meter sprint, I believe. That's the standard in athletics Olympics with the world record being 9.58 by Usain Bolt though. I didn't know they still do the occasional 100 yard dash, which was something that I learned based on the 10-second split times. Of that in the 10, 9.58 world record, Bolt would have run under nine seconds in the 100-yard dash. So, okay, mm. I, I was coming at it from a from a very American non-knower of sports section where I was Me like, too. well, obviously this run is the 100-yard dash because <laughs> everyone runs in yards, not meters.
1: Meters, and yeah. a perfect name for a runner is Bolt.
0: Yeah, so he's so, this, so then if he broke... If Usain Bolt's record is 958 and that guy hit 875 like he really must be a matrix breaker for that kind of speed.
1: But also the name of my favorite Disney movie, Bolt, <laughs> the classic animated uh, uh, movie we all love and talk about.
0: Uh yeah, but uh, but it's cool to hear from another matrix fanboy too. What a funny time to think about again the mcu never ends so to think about how like oh yeah, one really 99 to 03 was matrix four. and Re- Re- lord of the rings and that was just four years and it was just over
1: bam yeah. slamming the door shut i kind of <laughs> prefer that
0: mm, oh come on bob they'll never be an end to spider-man movies isn't that great that's
1: why back to the future still is my preferred movie trilogy and universe it just is so <laughs> tight it's a tight little ball of movies and you can't really unpack it
0: Can you believe we're getting close to five years after the farthest they went into the future in that show? uh,
1: It's terrible. Yep. I hate it. And (laughs) we don't have... uh, I don't want flying cars, but I do want uh, not hoverboards... I want uh, the 80s cafe. That's what I want.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. Why didn't anybody build that in 2015? Well, now we're up to the
1: 90s cafe. Bring me that. Yeah. Give me that. Uh, so we have Batman Boy 11 for our final comment for talk to the audience this month. And he says, The second Renaissance two-parter in a particular way was a very interesting exploration of the backstory of this universe. And upon some reflection, helped me make some more sense of the end of Matrix Revolutions, frankly. I always wondered why the machines would just honor their deal to back off from humanity once Neo gets rid of Agent Smith. But... But given their history, that all they wanted was to be treated like people, it makes sense that when someone so important to humanity would be willing to do so, that they would listen. And frankly, the turn of events leading to the machines and saving humanity is all too plausible if their inbuilt bias doesn't just have them become bigoted from the get-go, given how some AI has acted so far.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, that makes sense that by building up the AI as wanting to befriend humans and being more of like a spurred, spurred by, by humanity, it it makes more sense. They'd be accepting of them and even wanting to like, instead of entirely eradicating them and finding a new power source. like, Nah, we we'll keep you around. We, but you are our slaves now. But hey, we don't hate you guys. Not You're just, really. Just uh, very
1: very gooey batteries for us.
0: Yeah, I. Uh, you know, it's really about how both sides are wrong sometimes, <laughs> Bob. That's that's a true message. It really Matrix. is. It, it uh, that always
1: works out, doesn't it? Yes. Yes.
0: But but seriously though, I. Yeah, this uh, it's been it was fun going back into the Matrix for this again. But I. I think The Matrix is the really only truly unvarnished film of theirs. Like the rest Mm -hmm. are. The, the the rest are have their problems.
1: Yeah, and yeah. if you're listening to this and you want to hear our full Animatrix discussion, it's our longest podcast to date, four hours and 30 plus minutes. 25. 25, so almost 4.30. It just squeaked over the Cowboy Bebop movie threshold <laughs> to become our longest movie, uh, What A Cartoon Movie to date. So yeah, that's available on the $10 level, along with all the previous What A Cartoon Movies, probably like 50 hours worth of podcasts yeah. you haven't heard at this point.
0: Maybe I should have pushed it to four and a half if I had... Instead of putting one minute of a Rage Against the Machine song at the end, I should have put the six minute version of it. But it's a four and a half hours.
1: <laughs> we're, we're really pushing Patreon and uh, uh, how much they will allow us to post in a given uh, month. Come like a
0: bomb, ignite, ignite. Oh, love
1: it. Is that really on the soundtrack?
0: Uh, that's actually the credit song on Matrix Reloaded. Okay, it's a uh, th- uh, wake up. Is the I think I heard a shot. Well, they <laughs> are Raging
1: Against Machines very much so in exactly, the movie. So yeah. it's, it's all too clever, but yes, thanks for listening. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome aboard, and I hope you guys are getting used to our new schedule. No complaints yet, and it's really helping us make better podcasts and to breathe a little and relax a little bit and, you know, mm-hmm. enjoy time with our loved ones, and <laughs> by that, of course, I mean video games.
0: Yes, I uh, I played all of Yakuza 6 this month. Oh, uh, wow, that's awesome. That's, I, I
1: played all of Yakuza Kiwami.
0: Oh, man, what a good time. See, isn't it nice to hear that we're having fun listening? Yeah, yes. And I, and I played all of Dragon Quest Builders, too. I, I, had, a, I, had, Radical. A game, I had a real gamer month i did here but yes thanks everybody for your support hope you guys look forward to next month's community podcast as well
1: yeah thanks for listening and we'll see you next month for another episode of talk to the audience thanks so much and we'll see you then Infotainment.